week on Brunch, we'll be featuring our guest of the week. These guests are often familiar voices on Radio 3 that we hear from time to time. Throughout this week, we'll get to know them a bit better, find out about their childhood and hobbies, and some of the defining moments of their lives. This week, I'm super delighted to have a wonderful guest on the program. Now, he's no stranger to RTHK. Vivek Mabubani is a renowned stand-up comedian. He's also an award-winning new media designer. Vivek has been crowned the funniest person in Chinese in Hong Kong in 2007 and also in English in 2008 in the Hong Kong International Comedy Competition. Vivek has also taken his sense of humor all over the world, including Hong Kong, China, Macau, Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines, Thailand, Sri Lanka, India, Australia, Canada and the US. In fact, the U.S. world-famous Laugh Factory ranked him as one of the top 10 comedians in their annual Funniest Person in the World competition. And in 2018, he was named among the 10 outstanding young persons in Hong Kong. In yesterday's episode, we heard about Vivek's childhood and a little bit about his uh, mischievous adventures at school. Let's hear in today's episode a little bit more about the area that he grew up in. So Vivek, tell us, which area did you grow up in in Hong Kong? So I grew up in a Sangipun area around that region. So back then there was no MTR station. So it was all take the bus, go to anywhere else. And it was all right. You're a young kid. You think that's the place you grew up in. It makes sense, right? I never was the type to get to travel too much around Hong Kong back then. Of course, transport transportation wasn't as much as it is now. At the same time, the only real picnic and outing we had was at the school picnic, where they would take it to a country park, which we would know where, we have no idea where we are. We're like, where is this? I don't know. The bus still goes there. Let's just smile, right? Otherwise, every now and then, my parents would take us to the beach, maybe Repulse Bay, some other random beach. Because again, back then, you would go to the beach that you know. Sheko was my beach. There you go. That's yeah. Sheko for you, Repulse yeah. Bay for me. And I was like, that's the place we go. You need a beach, that's the beach. You know? I'm sorry to break this, Steve, but uh, Repulse Bay, they, they use fake sand. It's man-made uh, again, sand. Again, my parents, yeah. you know. They're like, son, you, you don't know the difference? <laughs> yeah. You know, enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't know that until I was an adult. I, I, I like Exactly, Bay, right? Yeah. So, exactly. It's a nice one, but now you tell me that, I'm like, <laughs> you fools, <laughs> going to the fake beach. <laughs> you know? So... But, Growing up, did you... Yeah, you mentioned just now you didn't really go around Hong Kong very much. I didn't either. Yeah. It was never a thing, though, back then. Like, no one was like, oh, let's go on the MTR randomly. It's like, no, no, no. How much for a journey? No, that's not happening. Like, every journey, we would, you know, go there for a purpose. The best I would go to is, like, me and my sister, we did swim training at the YMCA in Chimsa Choi side. And that was our big adventure. Parents were like, okay, I need you both to watch each other out. We're not coming with you on this journey. You take care of each other. You went by yourself? We went by ourselves, right? And then they were like, okay, remember, let's count together. How many of you are there? I'm like, two. <laughs> when we come back home, I want the same number. Okay? And I was like, oh, that's cool. And they're like, oh, by the way, and also same person. I was like, okay, no problem. I'll keep my sister How here. How old were you then? I think probably like maybe my sister was 12 and I was 10 or like 10 and wow. 8, stuff like that. Because they did want us to be independent. So one of the things I remember my parents did is that they made us go to swim training on our own. But what they would do is they would walk behind us. So they wouldn't guide us, but they were there. But they were like, you take me how to get there. So they made us go there and they would watch us and be like, okay, I think they know how to get there. They are great leaders. Yeah, That's very what, smart. Exactly, because, you know, if you're a leader, uh, you, you, you ask, but you don't tell. So exactly, ask, yeah. You, you make them, yeah. they do it, and you show them, empower them, like, see, you could do it, right? So, look, I, I want to clarify that I am very blessed 
with parents who are very smart in their choices of how to teach us. Of course, that's why I give them free Cantonese translation now, <laughs> right? As I said yesterday's episode, right? So every time they have a message, they're like, hey, what does this mean? I'm like, just because you, you gave me... You empowered me. me. Yeah, yes. I will give you the answer to this one. Google Translate works, but okay, fine. May waste my time, mm. right? So um, small things like that. So we would do that. We never really traveled around Hong Kong too much, but then we were more community-based. Back then, again, without the internet, you relied on you know, your family and friends. And it was very common to maybe on Sundays go to the temple, you know, maybe go for a meal together. And it was just like, that was it. That's life, right? I mean, you would assume every other kid does the same thing, right? So until you go to school and you realize, wait, what? You go there and you go here? Well, that's weird. What is this? It was the beach every weekend or sometimes it wasn't, but I'd just tell my friends I went to the beach. Yeah, exactly, right? Or, you know, Ocean Park or whatever. <laughs> oh, right? wow. and my parents, would, like, we were Ocean Park people in the size that when we go there, we would minimize costs and for everything. We'd bring our own lunch, bring our own food, right? Exactly. Everything. Yeah. It's so expensive. Even now. Even now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I so, only go my birthdays. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's free, right? You're like, I will walk in, you're like, all proud. Like, look at me, you walking in free, <laughs> right? I only go there when people are paying me. <laughs> yeah. And you perform there. I'm like, yes. <laughs> do I get to do the rides? <laughs> That's in my contract. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so small things like that. So yeah, definitely. I think the traveling around Hong Kong was never a common thing. And I do encourage any kid now, look, take advantage of this. I It, it definitely will open your mind to see different parts of Hong Kong. I'm really uh, blessed now that I go to, go to different schools to give talks in the mornings and afternoons. And it forces me to see parts of Hong Kong I never knew existed or never would think of visiting. I've been to in some some weird alley in Yunlong that has a school in the end. I'm like, where am I? This is weird. And it's fantastic. It makes you appreciate small little things. are like, oh, this is Hong Kong. Oh, I never knew you could have this, right? So small things like that. Yeah. Um, what sorts of things do you talk about at the at the schools? So all, funny enough, in schools, I usually have the range of topics. One of them is the general assembly one where just talking about, you know, how I'm a comedian, you know, how did I find my journey, you know, how did I find my, my goals and everything. So that's like a short thing of sharing of like, this is what I do. And, you know, if you have an idea in your head, it's okay. When I was your age, I had no idea how to realize it, but I had these weird ideas. Like, for example, one of the things I said, I don't want to wake up before nine in the morning. That was a dream that I wanted. Everyone back then was like, what's wrong with you? Like, what do you want to do, right? And I remember holding on to that dream because, like, I really hate waking up early in the morning. Oddly enough, now I wake up quite early now. It's ridiculous. But I don't know why back then, right? And when I saw things, for example, like McDonald's was like, oh, 24 hours. I was like, the dream will come true. I will work at night, right? Stuff like that. And uh, that was one of my dreams. So I told kids and I was like, look, I'm not telling you to not wake up. What I'm saying is that have a think. What do you want? If you can realize it, great. If you can't, at least you have an idea. You have a direction. And I was telling them, like, I had this direction. So without realizing, you would look at opportunities that kind of fit into this. So small things that I share in school. Otherwise, every now and then, for example, schools might have English week. And they might say, hey, we'd like you to come and do some English comedy. Just to let them expose themselves to English entertainment. In a way to also encourage kids to realize that language can be a lot of fun if you know how to use it. Uh, sometimes I get to talk about uh, cultural conflicts, you know, joke, using my, a lot of my jokes about my identity and letting them know, hey, at the end of the day, we're all humans, right? Mutually respect each other. It's for everyone's benefit. Nobody gets hurt. And lastly, you might get workshops as well. They might want to teach presentation skills or storytelling skills and not to be the typical formal way of like, now this is the climax of the story, right? It's more like, here, here's a joke. This is what I did with it. It's the same as any other story. Just my goal was not to give you a, wow, but more a ha-ha moment. And that's the idea. So small things like that. So a range of different things and it's always fun. Every time I go to school, it's a new experience for me. I get to feel the vibe of the school. Sometimes you get asked awkward questions. Sometimes you get an awkward souvenir. It's, it's the best. Like, yeah. I never get tired of this. Speaking of identity, Vivek, to me, you're a, you know, through and through Hong Kong boy. H how do you see yourself? 
Oh, I definitely say I'm a Hong Konger.、Uh, for example, in one of my jokes, actually, I say when I travel the world, I always tell the host to introduce me as from Hong Kong because I am in many ways representing Hong Kong. I am born and raised here. I consider this my home, and my mentality, my habits are all so Hong Konger, you know. And the language you understand, the culture. I get it,、yes. right? So I know the whole vibe of it. And secondly, I like them to introduce me from Hong Kong because I'm representing. And secondly, I like to see the audience's reaction. When they see me walk out, an Indian kid, and they're like Hong Kong, right? And I can see everyone's eyes and their brains are thinking the same thing. They're like,、uh, Hong Kong's in the Middle East. What? <laughs> Hold on, how does this work, right? And that's when I'm like,、mm, I've got you guys. So stuff like that. And I definitely like everywhere I travel. I always tell people like, I'm from Hong Kong. If you have to put a country, it's a, a place, whatever. It's Hong Kong. Hong Kong for me, like because I always say you might say India. Or whatever, but I'm like, really, is India home? I'm Indian, yes, but I was born and raised here. My habits are here. I'm third generation, practically. Like, it's silly to claim to be from India if I'm not. Absolutely, it's so funny. The thing is, and, and I think you're the perfect person to talk about this because I feel like I feel like I'm. I mean, I, I am a Hong Konger as as well.、Uh, but it's so funny with identity. It's not just about how you feel. It's something that's. It's something that how people look at you, and sometimes do you ever feel like when when you tell somebody you're a Hong Konger, and then they say are you, and they question it. Yeah.、Um, I want to pick your brain. How do you react? So initially, I'd be like, "Oh, here we go again." Because like my whole life growing up, every time I had to do the introduction, the you know briefing of like, "Let me explain to you, I speak Cantonese. This is what happened. Yes, 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 all that stuff." And after a while, I look at it and go like, "You know, it's fair." I, if anything, I try to put myself in their position. Let's say I see someone who's、uh, Indian in I don't know, like in Iceland, and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Why are you in Iceland? This doesn't make sense.、I'm、like, why can't I be in Iceland?"、I'm、like, "Yeah, good point. Why can't you be?" So I. Fully get the the initial impression. I don't blame them. I would rather they ask me the same question and I can resolve it rather than the, assuming and going. Oh well, I guess so, right? So I I'm okay with it. And honestly, for me, because again, as a comedian, this is just ingredients to my next bit. You know, the the FAQ of my life. I mean, I've had many people ask me, like for example, in one of my Cantonese bits, I would talk about how every time I speak Cantonese, people are like, wow, wow, Cantonese, wow, in, in in Cantonese, but wow, like, wow, you know, but so smart, yeah, really, they always do that. They praise you, right? <laughs> and it's really weird because, like, I used to say, like, when we talk about racism in Hong Kong, I say, in many ways, it's equally racist. For example, if I, an Indian, speak Cantonese. Every local Hong Kong Chinese person is like, "Wow, who let? Well, they were so good, so good. Wow, praising you. Wow, great job." You know, if a Chinese person speaks in English, locals are like, "You trying to show off?"、Yeah. Or you think you went to the UK and now you speak the English language? Oh, I speak. I go to school by bus. You know, I speak, you know. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. You get it? And then it's like, yeah, so unfair. I have to speak one lang, one sentence in Cantonese. Everybody's and, like, "Wow." Yeah, you speak like a Canton Chinese guy speaks English. They're like, "Show off." I'm like, see,、mm-hmm. racism happens both ways. Right,、yeah. so things like that, and I observe it. I, hence, the reason why、uh, very often I always feel my identity is Hong Kong because I look at it from the characteristics of a Hong Konger. Number one, in a way, impatient, but also very efficient. Right, it's the impatience that makes us efficient. So that's why when I travel, I always say every year I go used to go to the Melbourne Festival, right, and the first week, just like every Hong Konger. This place is better than Hong Kong because of this and this and this. Second week, oh, this place is paradise. Third week, you're like people walk too slowly. We need to start walking. People, the buses aren't on time. Right, the trains are too slow. You're getting upset. By the fourth week, you're like, man, how do people live like this? This is ridiculous. Like, how are you okay to sit there? Like, walk. Typical、right? Hong Kongers complaining. Typical Hong Konger, right? <laughs>、yeah. You start complaining that food's expensive. Before, for the first week, you're like, oh, that's how it is over here. Coffee for twenty bucks. Ah, no problem, right? By the fourth week, you're like, are you mad? 
Who's paying this kind of money for this? I could make this at home. I just buy a machine, invest in the machine, buy some coffee beans. It's cheap and Yeah, right? I can have a little place. All this stuff will come in. Yes, you can get away from it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have such a good way to, to explain it. It's true. I tend to get a bit more defensive. I'm just like, oh, for the, you know, 5,000 time. I'm a Hong Konger. Um, yeah. It is so frustrating. I, I think, honestly, it's really a matter of, like, I've had many moments of frustration as well. And I've spent a lot of time mentally to tell myself, look, at the end of the day, I could be very upset. Or I could just kind of laugh about it. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to ruin my day because you asked a dumb question. That's I'll right. just have a good time with it. Yeah. Since this program is brunch, um, are you good at cooking? I am terrible at cooking. I am very good at eating, digesting, terrible at cleaning. Cooking, basically the letter C's can't do. Letter E's very good with it, you know. Okay. So I can What's order. What's your favorite off, food? Uh, very often I'll find Yuan Zhao Chao Fan is one of my favorites. Yeah. And because I know that will keep me full for the next few hours, guaranteed. So very often if I have a gig, a long MC gig, I will have Yuan Zhao Chao Fan just because I'm like, that is heavy, but not so heavy where I burp during the gig. Yeah, it's not so heavy. And you just, there's a bit of everything. Yeah, exactly. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'll take that any day.